Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right. Welcome back to the Down post-game show over here on the Strickland YouTube channel as well as the Strickland Podcast Network. Knicks lose to the Celtics 133-118. to um, Knicks offense really had no problems getting things going. Um, you know, had three guys score over 20. Things looked pretty well on the offensive end. It is more so a concern of the defense that continues to be an issue going um, forward with this team. Um, I thought, you know, after the switch from Evan Fournier to whether it be Quentin Grimes or Cam Reddish, I thought defensively the team would look a little bit better on the perimeter defense, but there still seems to be some matchup issues in terms of um, point of attack, especially with a bigger guard like Bruns, like a like a bigger guard like Brogdon and um, Derek White. They seem to have well, not Derek White to a lesser extent, but more so um, Brogdon. They took he took he took advantage of that Brunson matchup, and I thought we should have switched things up. Um, maybe having Brunson on one of the shooters out there, but yeah, it was it was a really rough night defensively. Celtics had a franchise record. 27 three-pointers um if i'm not wrong i think this is the second or third team to hit a franchise record of of threes against us in a game this year so i don't think this i don't know if the Cavs had a record i think they just had the Cavs. Really I, the Cavs had the Cavs had a record of like i think most three-pointers between three players it was like D, yeah. um, D mitch dean wade and kevin love they had like 22 combined between the three of them which is wild. But yeah, if but teams like, are going to continue to set three point records against us, then I, I don't know what, I don't know what else you're going to, what, what else can you expect from this team this year? Cause I mean, the offense looked great, but if you're going to give up franchise records of three pointers to teams every single night, and I said this starting at the Charlotte game, I know Charlotte was like, it seemed like an outlier at the time because it was like DSJ and like, you know, the garbage pail kids or whatever it was. But like, I said that night, I said, this is going to look even worse versus better teams because those teams are going to be better equipped to hit these type of shots that, you know, Charlotte was getting lucky with. Um, but yeah, Sam Hauser, like he was like the main contributor of this and he really benefited off of the the dribble, penetra- tri- uh, dribble penetration of guys like Brogdon, um, Jalen Brown, J- um, Jason Tatum. Once those guys c- got in, defense collapsed. Sam Hauser was wide open and it was like shooting practice for him and him Jalen Brown all those guys they benefited from those threes um but yeah Terry, how'd you feel about tonight I just like I like the process on offense I thought the offense was really strong I felt like when your three best players basically combined for near I think 80 plus points 80 plus points so like offensively they did their jobs they were all efficient. They all shot above 50%. I have the numbers here right now. Okay, so Julius has 29. RJ has 27. Brunson has 22. They all shoot, yeah, 10 of 19 from Julius, 9 of 15 from RJ, 10 of 17 from Brunson. So, like, they all have a good night, and you still lose by 16. Or 15, rather, because you can't contain defenses. Um, like Sam Hauser had 17 points and they lost by 15. So that kind of shows you the story of like 
the three ball was really, really hurting this team, and they had no answer for it. Um, it felt like a personnel issue because, like, you know, you, they put in Cam Reddish. Cam can't really defend. Quickly had, like, an okay game, but, like, not his best game defensively. Um, I just kind of feel like the defense was an issue and the bench unit gave us nothing tonight. That bench unit got absolutely torched. Um, Derek Rose, who we're recalling watched last episode, was the best player on the bench tonight. And even still, towards the end of it, he was losing his legs and he only played 13 minutes. So, like, the bench unit really needs to find its consistency. Uh, that's, like, Toppin was a team worst minus 22. Toppin yeah. was a minus 22. Fournier yeah. was a minus 19 in 10 minutes. Quickly was a minus 16 and 13. And then Jericho Simpson didn't even play because he didn't do anything when he was on the court. So when you're basically running your starters 37 plus minutes, the only person who like Jalen Brunson played thirty-two. That's because Derrick Rose got a little bit of extended burn, but still, like, I, I don't know. It was just really rough tonight, man. Like the defense was really, really bad, and for the performances that Julius and Brunson had offensively, like, I feel like these were their worst defensive games so far into the season. And like the Sacramento personnel makes it a little bit rougher, but like the help, the overhelp on bad shooters is hurting this team a ton. And I'm okay with them letting up threes, but I'm not okay with them letting up threes to good shooters because they're overhelping on someone like Marcus Smart. If Marcus Smart is going to make take ten a threes layup, a game, and he gets, or even a layup, yeah. if he's just going for a layup, just let him get the layup. It's way better than get, conceding threes because then once they get hot from threes, as we see with every single one of these teams so far, it, it becomes an avalanche. Yeah, like, and I'm okay with, like, them letting Sam Halter try to beat us, but, like, when it's Sam Halter beating us and then Jalen Brunson and Jason Tatum beating us because they both hit six threes apiece tonight, then that's an issue. So it kind of just feels like, yeah, like, everybody who shot a three went 50% or higher. So that's a problem. Or rather, like, 45% or higher. I just, uh of course, there's more to build off on it, and you're not going to face the Celtics every game, but at the same time, like, it, it wasn't a good performance defensively. But offensively, I'm encouraged. Um, Yeah, um, I'm going to speak one last – well, not like one last thing about the defense, but I do want to get into the offense to talk, to get to at least some positives for tonight. But um, defensively, um, it also seemed like they were confused on what coverage they were supposed to play, especially Randall. He was involved in a whole bunch of scenarios tonight where like he was he was either he didn't know or he was confused about what the coverage was, where they were supposed to switch, where they're supposed to like um help hedge and recover, whatever it was, but like he just he was involved in a whole lot of actions that led to a whole bunch of wide open threes. Fournier, there was one play I was so glad he like they didn't even go to his man, but he like he overhelped so severely on a drive. He left Sam Hauser wide open. Luckily, they didn't like find him for that. That's just another example of them overhelping. But it felt like tonight, this whole team just didn't know what coverage they were running defensively. 
Um, I don't know if yeah. it was a well, if it was up to like Thibs, if he did something last minute that he switched. Um, but yeah, it just didn't seem like they were. I, I don't think you, you can't blame Tibbs on this game. Oh, of course not. No, I'm not. I'm not blaming him for that. Right. But like, I think they're so used yeah. to the, the the previous coverage that they used to run, the the um the drop that if they were to go to switch tonight, they just had no idea what to do tonight. I think that's fair, but it's also like, man, like. It just felt like a personnel issue, and it wasn't offensively, which is good, because like I think the offense on the team was strong, but like the defensive personnel was just all over the place tonight, and you gave them career nights of shooting, and that just kind of takes your momentum out. Because I feel like every time they got the lead or got close to having the lead, the Celtics hit a three, and then another three, and like you saw it in the first quarter where they started the game like nine to two, I want to say. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, it was just kind of they were just. Oh, they were all over the place defensively, which really sucks to see. But hopefully, they lock in a bit more. I feel like Cam was a a welcome change to the starting lineup. Um, I think his activity defensively was really, really sound. He didn't shoot well tonight, but he was still a plus four, which is the second highest on the team tonight. So like that unit, like I think Hartenstein and Cam Reddish were probably like they didn't score as much as the other guys, but they were the ones making the plays that were contributing to winning more than the other guys did tonight, I feel. Yeah, with Hartenstein, though, he got killed on, a couple times on the glass um, to, to, to the Celtics' undersized guys, which has always been a concern with Hartenstein throughout the whole year, just getting out-rebounded um, on the defensive glass. But, um, yeah, let's get to some um, some positives, I guess, um, from tonight, because there were quite a few on the offensive end, at least. Um, I guess we can start with Jalen Brunson. Um, he, he had some really he had some really solid passes, um, including one off of a scramble play um, where Julius um, spin into a double team. He lost it. Hartenstein kind of like got it back and then like found Jalen Brunson outside and he immediately dished it back to Julius in the paint for an one. Um, there was another pass where he was driving to the paint and he cut and um, RJ was cutting. He found RJ for that. Um, that dunk, that was another beautiful pass right there. Uh, how, he had us like 10 assists tonight, I think it was. Uh, 10 assists, no turnovers. Like, just really great stuff. Really great stuff. Um, has that has that step back midi just like down pack? It's pure. Like, it that's is, his goal like, to it literally goes in. It goes in every time, dude. Like, I think so far in the early season, he's shooting like something ridiculous from the mid range. And he's always shot ridiculous in the very range, but I feel like in a, in this role you expect him to that to like take a dip, and it hasn't at all. Like he's just been shooting incredibly in the mid range, and it's like the and like the to think about it, like the three ball isn't, isn't even there yet. Like yeah, when that three ball gets to the point where it should usually get to, like when he normalizes that out, man, like he's shooting right now. Okay, so in the mid-range right now, he's shooting 55%. He's shooting 55% of the floater range, which is nuts. Like, in the short mid-range, he's actually not even been that good. So, like, there's going to be positive regression. He's only been shooting 33% in, like, the 10 to 16 range, and he usually shoots 50%. Mm. So, again, there's room for improvement here, which is wild to think about. Like, his three-point shooting and his mid-range shooting is going to get better. And once that gets better, like, how much better can he get? 
it's crazy to think about. Like he's gonna get even better. Yeah, it feels like it feels like some of his drives early this season also haven't been always going in as as much as they did um in Dallas. I don't know what the numbers are on like I think you said the floater range was what, like fifty five percent? Fifty it's fifty five. Uh fifty four percent. What's it at the rim? At the rim is seventy. Mm, okay. I feel like yeah, he's, he's been he's, I feel like he's missed a couple bunnies too, so for it to be at seventy is crazy. But um so he missed a couple of bunnies, but the, it's still elite, which is nuts. So that's good. I mean, you know, there could be some more positive regression there as well when he makes those bunnies. Um RJ, I thought RJ had um really efficient night shooting. Um when when they said his um percentages during the game, I was just like, oh shit. Like this is a really yeah. great game from RJ. Um I mean, he looked he looked in control. He looked poised. There were there were he he had some strong drives. I made note to like point those out on Twitter because I was like, none of that Euro BS. Like, stop trying to go around, dudes. Like, just go straight through. You can do that. You got a nice and one on what you call it, Derek White. They rewarded him for that. Like, I just want to see him do that. Like, take it straight strong to the cup. None of that Euro try to be finesse. Like, do all these like nah. Just take it strong to the cup. And more than likely, you'll get either. Hopefully, you'll get the foul because you know that's always the thing with him and the refs and the whistle. But you know, continuing to to make those strong drives and be consistent there, as well as making the right decisions. Um, there were some turnovers early in the in the game that you know really ill advised from him, including that no look pass. Um, but there were a lot of turnovers from the whole team as a whole, which is another issue that this team seems to have early on in the season. Um, but I think that's also just a, a, a point of um, maybe gelling more with um, the units, especially as Thibs is changing things early in the season. That could be some that could be a residual of that. Um, but, yeah, um, how do you feel about those those two before we get into the last member of the 20 point club? Yeah, I liked RJ tonight, but the turn he had six turnovers tonight. Yeah, you can't do that. Like. And they were really bad turnovers, too. Like, sometimes, like, you saw the, the momentum building, and then, like, he would either step out of bounds, or he would, like, have a really There was that no-look pass. That lets, like, fast break points, and it's just, like, those are the turnovers you can't have if you're trying to be somebody who, like, commands more usage in his offense, because they just stop runs. It's just really, really unfortunate. But, ultimately, like, I do like the playmaking that he had. I feel like his defense had a bit of a step up, even though the team defensively has a hold in the play well. I feel like he played okay defensively, which is what you want to see him do. He got beat back to her a couple times, but it wasn't as prevalent as it was because I feel like Cam is now able to take those better assignments and make um, RJ more of a roamer defense, which is nice. He also shot 6-6 six six from the free throw line, so the free throw has been really solid as well. And since that first game, he's just been a very good 20-point per game scorer and efficient 20-point per game scorer as well. And that's what you want to see. And again, the three ball hasn't gone in yet. So when that three ball start does start going in, like the rebounds weren't all there. Today it was much better. Time, three for five. Today was much better yeah. from him. So like if he if he can consistently hit that three and he's still finishing at the rim really well because he shot six of ten at the rim, like or six of ten from two point range. Another strong nine from two point range as well, especially in the um lane. Got to the line six times, six or six from the free throw line. So, like, you're seeing what he can be. Like, you can see him sleepwalk to 20 points a game. 
like you're starting to see that now where like he's getting 20 and you're just like oh that's normal Regular all night you know? for rj yep yeah like you look at you look at his last few games atlanta 19 philly 22 uh boston 27 uh milwaukee game 20 and it's just like oh okay like you can get to 20 fairly easily and you don't need like an absorbent amount of shots to do it anyway um even the cleveland game he like he was still hyper efficient as well so like you're seeing him start to take those strides into being a better offensive player and it's not because he's doing tween hezzy step backs it's just him being able to run the floor well, it's him being able to pick his spots well, it's him being able to finish well and get to the line and convert to the line as well. So if he manages to do that, then like he fits that winged kind of archetype where he's just going to be hyper efficient and get what he needs to get done. All right. Last member of the 20 point club, number 30, 29 points. <laughs> what happened? I know you're back right now. Huh? You've seen this for last. That's what hating. Um, that's hate. That's nasty hating. Uh, go ahead. Um, so twenty nine points. Um, hit the threes today. So you know that's encouraging if he can continue to do that. But you never know. Um, but yeah, he hit the he hit his threes tonight. Um, his free throws, all his free throws. That's also encouraging, even though he's sixty nine percent on the season. Um, but yeah, he made his presence known I um inside, um, which is what you want to see. There was one there was one play that really stood out to me. Um, I think it was Hartenstein after a cut, he found um he found Randall cut into the basket. And that's the type of stuff I want to see Randall do more. Not all the dribbles at the top of the key, like that one possession in Philly that made its rounds today on on the timeline. But yeah, it's just like pick and rolls, you know, get into the basket. Easy stuff. I feel like tonight he had more um, more points in the paint. Um, I don't know if you can fact check that for me, Tyrese. I'm waiting for the uh, those, the uh, game um, data to upload. But once it is, then I'll let you know. But yeah, I definitely feel like he 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 got a couple shots in the paint tonight. I feel like he made at least five. Yeah, there were there, there was um, there was the and one. There was that um, that. That shot after the cut um, from Hartenstein. Um, I'm not really remembering all the other ones, but yeah. The one thing that I really want him to get out of the bad habit of is that double clutch jumper when he thinks he's going to get the foul. It's like the refs are not going to give you that all the time. They're not going to bail you out every single time. That's a bad shot. It's basically a turnover. That shot is basically a turnover when he takes it. And I just need him to really get out of that shot because it's so annoying and it's basically a turnover every single time. Um, but yeah, how'd you feel about number 30's performance tonight? I felt like offensively, he was very, very strong. Um, like he did what he wanted him to do offensively. The five offensive rebounds are the, best, are the most important stat I want to talk about because we talk about him not getting consistent rebounds. We talk about him, you know, not really fighting for it. And tonight he fought for it. He led the entire game with five offensive rebounds. Granted, it was against a smaller lineup in um in Celtics who didn't have a traditional center to speak of. They had Blake Griffin and Grant Williams as their center rotation with a little bit of Noah Bonley. But ultimately, like he got the offensive rebounds. He was down there getting dirty. He was getting putbacks and stuff like that. Um, the jumper is having positive regression now. He's getting to the line. He's making his free throws. He went four or five yesterday. He went six or six today. 
he's not a 71% shooter like he is right now from, from the free throw line, so I think he'll be better. He's hitting his twos as well, which is really positive. Like, it really just feels like his bar as a player has gotten improved with Jalen Brunson being on the team because Brunson is just able to give him a lot of opportunities that he normally would not have if he was by himself or even last year. So I think once the three ball starts to, you know, come around more often, I don't expect him to stay at 21% forever. Um, same thing with RJ. I think I don't expect him to stay at like wherever he is right now. He might be at 21, 22. But yeah, man, like I like the offensive process so far from Julius. I feel like he kind of had a mix of that, like his first three games where he was really good offensively and like what he really needs to, needs to do for this team as a creator. I like that he was able to mix it up pretty well. And now I think it's a matter of just like finding that consistency and making sure that he's not, the ball's not sticky with him. And if it is sticky with him, his shots are in the flow of offense and not just him trying to like ISO 15 times a game. I'm okay with him getting like one or two or three a game. But like when it gets to the point where like it's a repeated ISO and Julius is the offense that really like starts to block down. But tonight offensively, like he did his job. I can't complain about what he did offensively. Defensively, I want him to be more. And I want him to because like he had some possessions where like he was on a switch and he would just shut down the possession, which is really nice to see. I want to see him do more of that. And I think he can. But yeah, offensively speaking, he played well tonight. All three of them, um, the mid three played well tonight, so you can't really complain about that. Offensively, at least. Defensively, you can complain about as much as you want to, and I would not blame you. Um. All right. Before we get into some comments, everyone's favorite part of these live streams. Um. NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back. So tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and step to step uh, place a stepped-up same-game parlay today. My God. Ugh. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Last night, I gave you guys all R.J. Barrett's points over, Julius Randle's rebounds over, and Jalen Brunson's assist over. They all cashed. Wow, would you look at that? It's always when I don't take them, which is hilarious. Um, Looking forward to tomorrow's games. I'm giving y'all some gems, apparently, allegedly. Um, What are the matchups tomorrow? Ooh. Clippers versus Jazz tomorrow. Clipper, Jazz are starting off the season extremely hot. I would take Lowry Markkinen's points take, over. Take his... every, <laughs> take points, assists, rebounds over. Take them all over. Nobody buys threes the over. Clippers. No, I, not threes. Not Lowry's threes. Lowry can't hit threes right now. He can't. Oh wow, that's surprising. I right, so take Kelly Olynyk's threes. Yeah. Take Kelly Olenek's threes. Like, yeah, Kelly Olenek's shooting like 56% for three right now. Yeah, yeah, so take his threes. Take Lowry's overs and points and rebounds, especially. Um, you know, Clippers, they're, they're kind of small. No Kawhi is going to be playing. No Kennard, probably. Um, 
and no Covington probably. So, you know, those are three very important players for the Clippers. Maybe you might even take Jazz Moneyline. So, you know, just some things to consider. Um, I don't know what's the situation with their point, their guard situation. It's either, you know, Clarkson's night. It's either Mike Conley's night. It's either Colin Sexton's night. It's either Malik Beasley's night. So I I, I would stay away from the guards maybe, but Kelly Linick over threes and, you know, Lowry marketing over points and rebounds. Um, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN and make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN, as you see in the corner of your screen. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes or show description for details. All right, let's get to some comments. So Brian Benjamin, he is always here early. Shout out Brian Benjamin. I think he like has to work, so he comes, watches like the first like half or quarter and gives his thoughts then but um he says my biggest worry is obi thinking is reggie miller and starts ignoring his other skills in focus of shooting threes um how many threes did he take tonight because uh i can check for you real quick he took five threes so all his shots were threes tonight yeah he is really feeling himself after um after that big three last night um i'm not mad at it i mean I think it helps when he takes the threes just to keep the defense honest, just because he's been so good early on. I'm not really that mad at it. Um, And given the situation of the matchup tonight, it kind of warrants that, especially like we're in a shootout with these guys and, you know, threes are better than twos, but yeah, I would like to see him get back to, you know, um, I I would like to see them involve him in more screen and rolls again. Cause I didn't think, I don't think he really had any screen and roll actions today. Um, because usually Quick or, or or Rose try to find him in those actions. So it, w- it was very interesting to see the type of actions they involved him in. But um, how would you feel about Obi tonight? No. No, no, it, it was rough. It was bad. He had the worst team on his – he had the worst performance on the team tonight. Like, I yeah, I definitely think he got into the whole, like, you know, I'm a shooter shooter. And he was, like, feeling himself a bit, a little bit too much, I would want to say. And it sucked, but at the same time, like I wanted to take those shots, so I'm not gonna get too mad at it. My focus is more quickly. Mm. Um, I know this is early season quickly, so we're not gonna have to, we're gonna have the conversation for like another month. But at the same time, it's like I need quickly to put the ball in the basket, man. Like I love his defense. I love his playmaking. I love the energy that he brings. But we talked about this last game, and it's like, hey, at some point, you got to put the ball in the basket, bro. Like, Obi Toppin has been doing it early in the season. RJ's starting to do it now. You know, like, you got to you gotta hold up, especially since you're the point guard on this team, and there's a very real chance you're the sixth man on this team for the future. So, like, if you can't put the ball in the basket, it hurts the team a lot. So I want to see him do that. Hopefully he does. I know he can, so I'm not too worried about it long term. But for now, in these games where you want to win these games, you, you, need, um, him, you need him to really step up in those moments. Yeah, I'm not – ooh, wow. What a – ooh, ouch. But I was watching the Suns game just now. But, um, yeah, I would like to see um... – yeah, I would do. I would like to see quickly put the ball in the basket. Um, it is nice seeing all the other intangibles, 
But the main objective of the game is to score. Um, and I don't want those losers on Twitter winning. So, Emmanuel, quickly, please, my son, do something. Um, yes. All right, let's get to the next comment. Um, RR says, Stibbs needs to go. Puts too much emphasis on paint defense, and that leaves three-point shots open. Our personnel should not be this bad at guarding the three. Um, I think tonight, the pers- I think our personnel, um, one thing that I noted on Twitter is, that Jalen Brunson was getting cooked by Brogdon. I yeah. mean, and Brogdon's a really big guard. He's like 6'5", almost 6'6". Um, yeah. Jalen Brunson's 6'2", on a good day. Um, he was getting he cooked. Five, he, he's 5'11". Yeah, so he, yeah that, that's, that's why I said 6'2", on a good day. Today was not a good day. Um, but yeah, he was... Yeah, he, he, he was getting cooked. I felt like he shouldn't have been on Brogdon. He should have probably been on like Sam Hauser when Sam Hauser was out there or something. Just so like Sam Hauser proved to me you're gonna put the ball in the basket. I dare you. I dare you to do it. Cause he was just hitting knockdown threes wide open. So like Jalen Brunson, I love you for what you've done offensively, but tonight was just one of those nights where Brogdon was just had you on the summer jam screen and it was not pretty. Um Yeah. And Brogdon was mixing them up, and they were saying Don DeMarco in the back. It was nasty. It was just banger after banger after banger. Brogdon was like, Brunson was her doing the spin cycle. He was doing the lean back. Like, it was filthy. And yeah, like, that was his worst game defensive incident by far. Because He's been good at post defense. He's been able to make his rotations for the most part, even though he will miss a couple times. But like he was, he's been like a mediocre defender, which is all you want him to be. That game, he was bad, like very, very bad. So hopefully, there's improvement there. But you can't do that, yeah. Especially with this personnel, where like they're still trying to figure it out defensively, which I think they will. But also, I just gotta say, like, we are nine games in. I need people to stop making resounding. Um, I and we all do this, but like, I we kind of need to just stop making, you know, referendums about the season early. Now, there's um, some things that you can you can you can point out, like trends and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, like, like, okay, if you say like forty is garbage, should be gone. Yes, I would agree with you in there. Tips need to stop being a boomer. With his personnel, he's been doing that recently. Granted, they're hurt, and you would like to see him do it when they're all healthy. But at the same time, like he's been making the necessary adjustments that he made, he's needed to make. He started Cam Reddish tonight, and I told you he would start Cam Reddish tonight. So he proved, yep, he proved me wrong. I thought he was gonna go with you know the classic Fournier had like thirty five points per game versus the Celtics yeah. excuse, but no, he didn't. Surprise, surprise. But yeah, like he had, and he only played forty eight ten minutes tonight. So like ten minutes too many. True, true, but at the same time, like, they had no other bodies, so, like, uh, can't do much about that, but, like, Tips are starting to pull the levers necessary, but this personnel is just really, really mediocre right now, like, they don't have a lot of, like, wing defenders, they don't have a lot of size, and, like, our best POA defender was hurt, so... Yeah, the defense was rough, but at the same time, the personnel didn't give it any benefits. So, 
What can you do about it, really? Um, yeah, I mean, they rested Grimes tonight, which I'm glad they're doing um, for precautionary reasons. It's going to be interesting. I mean, I don't, I mean, yeah, now Gobert is out, so I wonder how the Timberwolves are going to go back to, are they going to go back to playing how they were last year? Are certain guys going to be... Yeah, it's like, are they gonna, are they gonna, are they gonna be better than they were to start the season? It's gonna be interesting because Anthony Edwards has been complaining about the spacing, um, and their net rating with that starting unit was like a minus ten point seven to start the year. So I just want to win that game so I can get my I get my jokes off about the Timberwolves. I really just want to win that game for that sole purpose. Well, you know, I got I got some I got some shit to say about the Timberwolves. I'm just waiting. That's how I feel about OKC, but you know. Problem is OKC. OKC got a little bit of fight in them, so I can't even complain. Man, fuck them. Um, Taz. <laughs> when will you learn? Bro, they blitzed me like for no reason. But anyways, um, Taz says feels like Hartenstein is good enough to lose. 130 to 18 type of games if he plays extended minutes versus, versus starters. Um, he's not a starter. Yeah, he's, he's not, not a starter, starter, thankfully, but he's going to be probably the starter for the foreseeable future until next. Mitch is back. Yeah, um, I'm going to say like the next two weeks or so. Yeah, which is not encouraging because, I mean, the boards, my God, the boards. Um, he was all right up tonight on the boards, but there were some key boards where, like, it's like, bro, it's Blake Griffin, bro. It's Noah Vonley. You should get this rebound. You are, like, three inches taller than both of those dudes. Like, come on now. Um, But, yeah, he's definitely someone I'm not encouraged fully. It's it's matchup-based for him. It's matchup-based for him. Yeah. Yeah, but it kind of also feels like that. you don't have a choice because Sims is playing with his head in his ass right now. Granted, lack of burn and lack of minutes, but also, like, you know. Yeah, he doesn't have the, rhythm. He doesn't have. And I'm not going to throw Sims continuity. from DM. You can't throw Sims from DMPs to, oh, you're starting and playing 30 minutes a night. So, yeah. I think it's still how important Mitch is for this team's defense that he's running. Because without him, they're just kind of lost. Very much so. Um. ZMP three two three says not much you can do when the Celtics are having a ninety ninth percentile three point performance. Um, every team is gonna do this to us, man. Every team is gonna have a ninety ninth percentile three point performance if we keep defending the way we do. Um, I mean, we've seen it for like how many games out of these last like four or five games? It's I a mean, continuous I can trend. Go back. The Sixers shot twenty eight percent. Uh, let's go back to Wednesday. Well, the Sixers were also playing, like... For all the faults of the Hawks game, they shot 35% from three. How many threes did they um, hit, though? Because I'm looking at volume and attempts and, and they, makes. They, too. Hit, they hit 12 out of 34. Okay. Not too Which shabby. Which isn't bad. Yeah, like, that's not bad. And then what, we had a... That was the Tuesday game, right? No, that was the Wednesday game. And then we didn't play on Monday. And then Sunday was the uh, game from the Cavaliers from hell. But How many know, teams like, did they have as a team, the Cavs? I can't even check. I don't want to check. You <laughs> should check. check. Uh, I'm gonna if, check. If three of them hit 22, 
Then, like, how many did the whole team hit? They hit... Okay, that game... Uh, no, that's Milwaukee. Give me a second. It was ugly. Jeez. It was ugly. Uh, they, they hit, hit 23 threes. 23? 23 out of 50. My God. God damn. And the funny thing was, it was literally just three people. It was Kevin Love, it was Donovan Mitchell, and it was Dean Wade. Everybody else hit one three combined. And it was Shetty Osmond. And he went one for seven. They literally just killed us on threes from three people. And imagine if they had Darius Garland that game. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> well, don't have to think about it for the next time we play them. <laughs> man, Darius Garland came back and he was out here put. He put up what? Like he put up numbers, bro. Put up a twenty-nine piece. Um, Chris Bernhard. He said, "Yo, James Jones, let's grow up and get this Randall deal on the road." Yeah, I mean, yo, they missing Cam Johnson now. He looked like he tore his meniscus. That's a Randall buyer right there. I'm watching their game right now. I'm seeing how their offense is looking. You know, I'm scouting. I'm scouting, see which, seeing, you know, what players we could get back in a potential deal. Uh, and, you know, how he can help them over there. You know, raise that trade Dude, value. They got, nobody, they got nobody we want. There's nobody in the team I want. They, they don't. Uh, That's the point. The, Free up playing time. Now you... <laughs> Anyway, uh, what you call it? Um, Vivek says suicides for every three point make they they, they given up. Twenty seven. Oh, oh, I don't think he means for us. I think he means for the team. They should do that. Okay, yeah, you're right. That's you're like right. that's like some high school basketball team shit. But I, I approve of that for the Knicks. They should do that for every franchise record performance that they give up. They should just like have them all run, all run, all of them. Just run. Mitchell one knee is limping. <laughs> um. Oh man, I'm not gonna address that comment. I don't want to talk about the the World Series. No, thank you. Um, my Astros, my Astros, boy. Astro. Oh, my we must God. be out here. We, it's up in Texas. What you mean? All right. Anyways, JL when <laughs> Noah Vonley made that three, I damn near turned the TV <laughs> off, man. That was, bro, when Blake Griffin hit that three in the third quarter, I was like, no way. I was like, no way Blake Griffin is hitting. Shout three. out once a Nick, always a Nick, Noah Vonley. I'm, I'm glad he's back in the league. And back in the league now. I mean, he was he was in the league. He was on the Bulls, and he got COVID, and then they kicked him off the team, and then he went to China. Yeah, but he was out here destroying us on the boards, though, which is ugly. That's what I'm saying. A lot of those boards were against Hartenstein. Hartenstein yeah. gave up a lot of boards. That's why I was like, it was an okay game for him in terms of like the number of rebounds he got. Um, 10 rebounds, but yeah. 14. Vonley? No, uh, Hartenstein got 14. Oh, he had 14? Vonley got three offensive, though. He had seven total in 16 minutes, which is really good. Yeah. Happy for Vonley, man. You know, it. But yeah, like, not good. Not good. Um. Ooh, Taz says is Thib sabotaging the Randall Obi lineup by having Rose and Fournier and IQ defending the perimeter? Sort I'm of. Not, we're not. We're not going to talk about IQ being a bad. Yeah, let's leave IQ out of this one. Grow up. Let's leave IQ out of this one. You know. Um. But yeah, every time he plays the Randall Obi lineup, he starts off with having like Fournier out there with them. It's like, 
dude, you're you're obviously gonna like the numbers are obviously gonna look bad now because you're putting freaking Evan Fournier out there in this in this situation where you need more switch heavy guys like Cam, RJ, IQ, like guys like that. You gotta put those guys out there with a Randall Obi lineup. You can't have poor perimeter defenders out there with them like obviously and like the beat writers were like oh they were like they gave up seven consecutive points with the randall obi lamp it's like bro they had evan fournier out there of them with them of course they gave up seven straight points like who wouldn't you can't i you cannot look at lineups as a two-man pairing because there's three other guys in the court with them which is why i don't like the idea of like oh this two-man pairing is so good together they should play more and it's like that's not how lineups work because you have to play it out the three other dudes and then you can play against another team whether it be their starters or bench or a staggered lineup like there's just so many variables into playing against other people that like the idea of numbers being oh this is a really bad lineup or this is a really good lineup between these specific two players it's just really really poor so yeah it's just like yeah you gotta have you gotta gotta add context when you're talking about two-man lineups like this two-man lineup is great when paired with such and such like oh randall and obi are a great lineup when paired with Cam, RJ, IQ, Jalen Brunson, those guys, that's when the lineup works. And we saw it in Philly. Well, you know, Thibs just wants to be Thibs and decide to give Fournier donation minutes tonight, whatever. Um, you, can't t- you can't take Fournier out the rotation because you're missing so many pieces. So true. Like, he, like, he gave him 10 tonight. Like, I can't get mad at him for giving him 10 minutes. But those 10, they hurt, man. They hurt, but, like, who else are you going to play in those minutes? You kind of need a warm body at that point. Throw Deuce out there, man. Give Deuce some run. Shout out Westchester. No. <laughs> no, we're not shouting no. Westchester. No, no, shout, no shout out to Westchester. We're, we're Deuce, the, you know. The, the Westchester Knicks are nice. The Westchester as the city? Yeah, that's what I meant. Like, shout out Westchester okay. Knicks. Okay. Like, shout out to Deuce. Uh, all right, cool. But we you think, shout I, out you think I give a flying rat's ass about Westchester, New York, man? All right, all right, all right. I just have to know you was a trip here. They New Jersey and everything, but we don't be doing oh that. Oh, my gosh. Why the hell would I shout out Westchester to fucking place? Well, I don't know. I don't know what goes on your mind as a hater. Oh my gosh. Um, what you call it? Um, JL says Rose is dead as a spot up shooter. He's cooked. I respect he improved his three point, but it might be over. Tonight was one of those nights where he wasn't really that cooked. Um like the thing is that he shot two or three from three. It was yeah, his two point was... shots that were cooked. Yeah, the 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 layups and stuff, like he missed a bunny that he would have made last year. Or even the year like before. small samples, like he's shooting 48 from three. That's not the problem. Yeah, the three isn't his problem. It's like the getting to the rim. He has a lot of like what's up with his handle? Like, did the freaking space I, monsters take his handle? It's, like it's, it's really feels like rust, dude. It feels like he's just super, super rusty. Maybe just be when you haven't played when you have when you haven't played for a year, like I don't blame him for being rusty. Also, that was wild. So, like, Jalen Brunson took um, – between the third and the fourth um, – second and third quarter, he took, I think, ten shots. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And he missed – he made nine of them in a row and missed one. It was wild. That second and third quarter from Brunson was literally, like, a straight-up takeover, a 2K takeover. It was nuts. Respect. Um, yeah, he did his yeah. thing. He did his thing. Uh, and when he when he takes over like that, it's like it doesn't feel like he's 
it doesn't feel like oh i don't know how to describe it it just doesn't feel like he's like dominating the ball like to a point where it feels like no one else is like um it doesn't feel detrimental yeah say it. i think i think the way it's like like he takes over the game and he still gets other people involved it's not like in the tray way where like trey is taking over the game because he has like 35 usage it's like his usage i think Brunson's usage right now is like 21 it's something not it's something that's incredibly low but he's also like He's just taking the shot, and then if he doesn't take the shot, he's passing it out to somebody, and it just kind of feels like he's playing with a full the offense, but he is the offense. It's a very weird thing. It's like, when it's great, it's really great, but then when he's being passive, it's very like, I wish he would do more, but so far, so good. Can't really complain about it, because like he's putting up 20 and 7, and again, all-star numbers, man. Like Once that three ball comes back, like once that three ball is back, man, how do you deny him? I don't, I don't know. I don't know, man. I really don't and, know. And all it needs to do is just come back to like 36%. And at that point, he's shooting like 52% from the field. And then like, man, I'm, I'm just so, not to mention like a 5 to 1 turnover. It's just turnover ratio. Like, dude is crazy. He's balling. He's balling. He is. Um, um, Taz also Taz mentions that he said IQ. He was just listening to the entire lineup. I guess that was on the court at that time. Oh, that, was, that was a really bad lineup if that was the case. IQ, Rose, yeah, Fournier, Randall, Obi. Ew. The thing is, like, they had no other option, which is the problem, unless you want to run Deuce a small forward. I think Deuce can hold his own, hold his own um, on small forward. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess that lineup, maybe. Yeah, I probably, you like put him up to Sam Howler, and you'd be fine. Or even like put him on. I think he. I think he has the strength to deal with um, Brogdon for a couple drives, not yeah, like putting he, him on like the whole night, but like for a couple drives. I think you could put Deuce on. On um. Yeah, I I would like to see him Deuce, but I'm not gonna get too upset about them not playing Deuce ultimately. Of course not. Of course not, because we know what we know. Deuce ain't playing until like. We out of like the plan or whatever situation may be at the end of the year. Deuce doesn't um, play until Derrick Rose gets injured. Not until Derrick Rose gets injured and like Quentin Grimes is out and Cam Reddish is somehow out or IQ is out. Like a lot of guys got to be out for Deuce to play. Um, but yeah. Um, Elton Lee says this was clearly a defensive loss. Um, no doubt about that. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna continue being defensive losses. Um giving up the threes that we gave up tonight. Like, I know a lot of people like to say these these performances are flukes, but if they become a – if they're already a consistent thing, like, it's not a fluke. It's just a, a symptom of the defensive scheme that we are playing. And until that changes, then, you know, that's when, you yeah. know, things will improve. Agreed. Um, and you know, we'll see how things look when when Grimes is back. Maybe he can mitigate some of that. Um, maybe maybe Grimes would have been the one on on. No, nah, I think I think Jalen Brunson still would have been on Brogdon for certain certain situations. Maybe. Um, but I was thinking if Grimes was playing, maybe he would have been on Brogdon. I don't see that. Also, we need to talk about the base loader tonight. The dude hitting the half court shot. <laughs> Shout out to the that dude was that hit wild. the wild. 
That of course shot. Did they give him a scratch off ticket? I know it was like a big old. No, they, 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 they gave him a car. They gave him a car. Oh shit! MSG stepped yeah. it up since that last time. I remember. I remember. Yeah. Like, I remember. Like people were really like legit killing us for giving. That was a, that was the ESPN story, dude. It was literally on ESPN, and they were like, "Is James Dolan the worst owner in the NBA because he gave scratch off tickets for a half court shot?" And I'm like, "Dude, it's not that big of a story." The, that that was, was like that was during the dark days. That was during the dark days too. So like, then they they need to, was, they need to shit on us for everything. They literally was making up shit just to talk about the Knicks, dude. Can the Knicks trade for Anthony Davis? Like, what are we doing? Like, did we... Did we really sign Lamar Odom? Like, was that a thing that happened? Like, I legit don't remember that. I think it was to the coaching staff. But, like, did it ever really, like, actually happen? No, because I I don't remember Lamar. I I think, like, afterwards he got, like, he was on the... And then, like, they, oh. and it, they they couldn't go through with it, but I'm sure at one point he was, like, signed to the organization. Or he was about to, or, like, he was interviewing, right? Yeah. But, like, the way, like, Who was Stephen A... Po- yeah, the way Stephen A. Smith makes the rent, it, means, it made it seem like he was, like, a full-time staff member. Like, he was there for, like, a year or so. Like, they really drag everything over there at that network, man. Um, I fucking hate that network. Ultimately, uh, also says RJ has to return to the two full time. Um, I don't think it matters necessarily. I just think it, yeah, I just also I think it doesn't matter because like m- there's always cross matchups and like teams. Oh, sometimes you switch things. Like everything, it's all matchup based in the NBA. Like it doesn't really matter. It's matchup based. Like you don't want RJ guarding guards on a full time basis because he's not fast enough to keep up. With them. It also depends on like who the two guard is that night. Like if. You're playing like a team yeah. that has a two. If it's like Clay, like Clay Thompson, then yeah, you can guard Clay Thompson. But if it's like a smaller, Anthony Simons, yeah, like smaller I don't want RJ Barrett guarding stuff. Anthony Simons. Like that, he would literally just get destroyed again. Like he would die on screens, and then he's playing like ring around the rosy off shooters. You don't want to see that. You don't want to see him do that. Like I want to see him play bigger wings because that means that he gets to use his strength and he gets to like play closer to the best as a help defender, which is where he shines. He's not a POA defender. He's not a full-time point of attack defender. He's more of a help defender who can like use his positional advantages and strength in order to disrupt defenses, which is what he needs to do. Yep. Um, also, I've seen this stat on Twitter. RJ is averaging 20 points per game on 47% from the field since the first game of the season. Oh, you kind of you mentioned before, you mentioned. Yeah. You mentioned that. Um, no, I think that's after today, too. I can check. Might that. be it. Might be a little uh, bit. Maybe a little bit higher. Yeah, yeah. I think it's probably be around like 21, 22, maybe. I'll check. But yeah, like he's been open. He's been open. Can't, he, can't complain. Like cannot complain about what he's been doing so far. Um. So next couple. Let's get into the next couple matchups. Um, we got the Timberwolves coming up. That game is on my phone. Could load up. I hate when this stuff does this. So that is on uh, Monday. We have the Timberwolves. We go into Minnesota. They are without Rudy Gobert, so they will be at an advantage. <laughs> 
Um, so that's going to be interesting. Um, who's going to be their starting five in terms of they start D'Lo, Ant, McDaniels, and Cat. Who slots in at that fifth spot, starter spot? Probably. Uh, they played tonight, and I think who started was – I can check right here. Yeah, they played tonight, and Kyle Anderson started. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. So, that makes sense. Yeah, so they're probably just doing Kyle Anderson again tonight um, for Monday. Um, I like I like our chances in this matchup a little bit. I guess matchup wise, Jalen Brunson guarding D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell doesn't really scare me. Like, ah, um, I, I just I think that team's defense is cooked. Yeah, defensively they're bad. So I think that's where we can exploit things. Um, Kyle Anderson is, I mean, Kyle Anderson and Jalen McDaniel's are pretty good, pretty good to solid defenders. Um, but other than that, the rest of the team defensively is like, yeah, it's very bad. It's very bad. So there's, there's a lot that we can, it's a game that we should be competitive in and we should probably win, but yeah. Yeah. Then again, like there's a potential for like Ant to just go crazy. So I hope that isn't the case, but yeah, I, I think they should win this game. Not to mention, like, the Timberwolves have just been in flux. Because, like, Ant is basically saying, this trade sucks. I can't get into the paint. Their starting lineup, their starting five, is, like, the Knicks starting lineup last year, where, like, they're just horrendously fit together. There's no spacing. Cat can guard fours. What were they thinking? Oh, my God. I don't know. Like, the trade made no sense to me. Because I was like... Why would you trade for a center and make Cat a perimeter player when his whole strength is like he can't stand the perimeter and he's better playing at a drop? Like he didn't, he didn't play a drop screen well. You thought he was going to play on the perimeter well? He can't switch. He can't keep up with fours. So I feel like if Rudy Gobert was playing, I would have been like, okay, that's a good chance to like use Obi and just run them off the court. But you can't do that. So Cat's playing more of a drop. And that might be dangerous to Hardenstein because Hardenstein has to come off the perimeter now which is a little bit risky, but I think at the same time, like they should win that game because D'Angelo Russell is an abomination to basketball and Jalen Brunson should be able to exploit him fairly easily. Oh yeah. JB should cook. Yeah. I, I think JB gets like 30 and 10. I, I expect him to put up some numbers. He should. I hope he does. Um, Alton Lee says when RJ was our two guard, we were in the playoffs. It opened up our roster and extended our perimeter defense. Um, again, I don't really think it matters who's the two because, like, him and Reggie, they kind of, like, interchange between the wings. So I don't think it really mattered that much um, during that year. Anyway, like, you saw Reggie guarding more of the high-end perimeter players and RJ Barrett guarding more of the, you Low know, like, yeah. So it's all semantics. It doesn't. Like, yeah. It doesn't matter who's the two and the three. Like, it's not traditional basketball anymore, like, they they ended up they end up cross matching against different players any, all the time anyways so um yeah after the Minnesota game though we do have Brooklyn who is in flux um we don't yeah. get to them we don't get to them oh we don't get to them we haven't talked about it but we don't get to them <laughs> um and then we got Detroit 
on November 11th, we are supposed to allegedly reveal, I think, a new court that day. So that will be interesting. Probably wearing the new city saw, jerseys. Yeah, so, I saw the new leaks. The court looks good. The court does look good. I'm waiting to see how the city jerseys look. Um, it is the last installment of the Kith Black jerseys. So, yes. We'll uh, see how they, they finish it off. If it looks anything like the 98 jerseys, I'm going to get on this podcast and rant. I hate Why them. do you hate the 98 jersey so much? We, okay. I have to explain this in detail now. First of all, they look baggy as hell. If they like the current, the 98 jersey on the current way the NBA styles their jerseys would look horrible. Um, Because the 98 jerseys were baggy, very baggy. And the traditional 2022 jerseys are very slim fitting. It's going to look bad. Second of all, you saying you hate the slim fit? Huh? You saying you hate the slim fit? No, I hate the baggy. The baggy, the so baggy, baggy is bad. The issue, no one's bringing so back why the baggy. You, when you're putting back, when you're putting baggy on a slim fit, it's going to look worse. Now we get to the whole point of like the side panels were dumb and lame and stupid. No, the side panels are the best part, actually. They look corny. And then like the black jerseys had like the dark black side panels for whatever reason. Like they look, it looked bad. It looks bad and then the arch of the new york i hate that i love the way the new york is straight in these jerseys it's great like black is not in the next logo why is it on the jersey makes no sense what do you can never go wrong with black yes you can you can no you cannot black. black goes with everything it's not you hate in black the jersey. you hate black i know you're not talking about <laughs> you hate black <laughs> No, I hate black in jerseys where it doesn't belong. And like it's part of the like the product of the 90s where like they were throwing black on everything. It's fire. So, no, it's okay. Black jerseys are fire. Black accents where there's not black in the color scheme are lame. The the alternate logo in the for New York. The NYK used to be in black. There's your black yeah, accent. But the alternate Boom. logo, but the alternate logo in 2022 is the Knicks. It's the Knicks ball, but it has it all in blue. Like they don't even acknowledge black in part of the color scheme because they got the black out of it when they redid the logo in like 2012. Who cares? Black looks cool. It looks cool when there's okay. Black jerseys are cool. There are so many teams in the league that don't have black accents and they have black on their jerseys. They have whole black jerseys. Exactly. Black jerseys are cool. Black accents when there's no black in your color scheme look lame. Not hearing anymore. Shout out to Ace Bouchard. 90s Knicks jerseys are fire. They're not good. I got me a Latrell Spiro one just sitting over here. They're not good. It's a little little slim fitting, but you know, it still looks good. And the early 2010 jerseys, even worse. I don't care about those. Like, about those. they're not good, bro. I'm so glad they got rid of them. I was so happy, but I was like, oh, the, the, the 98 jerseys are fire, though. The, respect. Respect Knicks history where the Knicks, that last time the Knicks went to the finals. Respect the jerseys of the last time the Knicks went to the finals. I wasn't born. I don't care. You weren't born in, you weren't born in 99? What, they didn't play in, like, June? Damn. Man, I wasn't born. I was. Why would I care? Whatever. We get it. We get it. Anyway. The jerseys suck. I'm glad they're not coming back anytime soon. When they come back, when they come back, you'll, you'll, when they come back, I will, I'll watch the game on mute. 
and I will live. No, fuck that. I'll listen to the game on radio. I'll listen to the game on radio. Because I would not, I would not stand to watch those jerseys. Put on Echo. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, those jerseys were special. But anyways, we're supposed to reveal those on Detroit versus Detroit on November 11th. Um, we should win all three, given the circumstances. But oh, you got supporters in the chat. Gross. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. My James, people. get out of here, James. My people. Get out of here, James. It. Y'all understand how... Those jerseys are part of history. They're part of history. Bad history. You mean bad history? That's last time we went to the finals. Talk about bad history. Whatever, bro. It's over with. <laughs> it's over with. Respect those jerseys. But yeah. um, we should win those three games, given the circumstances. Um, If we don't, Maybe grounds for firing. Um, <laughs> look at the chat. But after that, we have OKC and Utah. Again, some more troubling games that could not go our way. But we'll stay yeah, focused on the we'll stay focused on the next three versus Minnesota, Brooklyn, and Detroit. I don't know why they have us going from Minnesota to Brooklyn, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I think we win the Detroit game. I think we win. The Minnesota game, Brooklyn seems to always have our number no matter what, and they always have some type of BS luck on their side no matter what game we play against them. Um, we also we never beat Ben Simmons before. So. That also. Um, like, no matter what happens, no matter what's the circumstances of a Nets game, we always lose. It is like, at the end of a game, we can hit a clutch shot and it will come down the other way and – James Johnson will get blessed with two free throws to ice the game for them. Like, or Cam Thomas will go off for 30. Randomly. And we'll lose a 28-point lead. lead. Like, literally every single game, no matter what happens, something will go wrong in our way, and we lose the game. So, Or, or when Fournier, Randall, and RJ all have 25 apiece, and we still lose because Kevin Durant draws 53. Yeah, it's just like stuff like that. It's like, so anyway. I'm already... I'm already immediately and like with all their bad luck going on over there with all the BS that they have going on with all the situations with Kyrie and the owner and Kevin Durant and everything that's going on, you know, some way, somehow some BS is going to go their way in that game and they're going to beat us. So I already penciled that L in that game against Brooklyn is a loss. I am just focusing on Minnesota and Detroit. I think we should easily beat Detroit. Um, I think Minnesota, we have a advantage where defensively they're not that good. So we can take advantage of that. Um, but yeah, I think we should go two and one in the next three games. How do you feel about the next three? Uh, I, yeah, I think they should go two and one. And that's good. Like, they're an average team. They should do the average thing. Like, I, think, I don't know if you saw the Kirk school very sharp, but like, if you look at this, the sum of the season, they're like 15th in defense and 15th in offense. This team is the definition of average right now, which mid. I would take. Like, they're mid. <laughs> like, and mid is good compared to being the Detroit the Detroit Pistons. Like, we were bad. I'll take mid over being bad. That's okay. Um, James asks, fellas, how do we get Julius off this team? We don't. Not yet, at least. 
Um, that's a great question. Um, Phoenix seems to have an opening at power forward, so I don't know. Inquire there, I would say. Um, I think we'll end things here, though. We will be back on Monday following the Timberwolves game. Hopefully, they have won that game. If not, you can expect another negative stream based on whether it's the coaches' rotations or certain players shit themselves, but we will be here. We will um, be here to break all that down. Make sure y'all subscribe, leave a like. We are trying to get to 1K subs, so leaving a like and subscribing helps us out a ton. Um, leave um, There is a links to everything stricken related in the description. Um, links to the site, merch, Patreon, and I'm forgetting one, Twitter. All great ways to support us. Um, so make sure you're doing that. We'll be back on Monday. Peace out. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.